Well, how's that for starting a church service? That's pretty good. Woo! Let's stand up. They're going to sing with us the rest of the time. So listen, the first two services really sang. So if you're going to beat them, you're going to have to stand up and sing with us. So stand up and sing. Turn around and say hi to somebody and tell them Happy Easter this morning. Oh, 
Amen. You guys sit down. We got a baptism. Two of them. Amen. Y'all sounding good out there this morning. Welcome to Burlington Baptist, and uh, we're excited. We've got two young ladies, Sophia and Arabella, and uh, they have trusted in the Lord, and uh, they come this morning to follow Jesus in believers' baptism, and I'm so excited for them. We'll start with Sophia, and uh, Sophia has trusted Jesus, and upon that profession that Jesus is your Lord, it's my privilege, Sophia, to baptize you this morning as a believer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All right, here comes our sister Arabella. What a way to start an Easter service, isn't it? Arabella, you've trusted Jesus as your Lord. It's my privilege this morning to baptize you as my sister in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Married with Jesus in baptism, walk to Good morning, Burlington Baptist Church. Thank you. He lives. How about that? There you go. Last service, I turned around and I looked at Danny after the praise team led that first set, and I said, you know, I said, it doesn't get any more pumped up, and if you guys aren't alive during that kind of thing, then you got a problem. But, Danny, I hate to tell you, they kind of got us all going. That's all I'm going to say. So I was down there with Great job, guys. Let's hear it for you. First of all, if you're a guest, we just want to say welcome to you here at Burlington Baptist Church. It's our privilege to have you join us for service. And also remind you, especially if you're at home and you're still watching, which we know you're there and we haven't forgot about you, that if you need anything, contact us. You can message us on, this, on the service tagline down there. You can go on to our online site. There is a request for information form. We'd love to hear from you online. And if you're in the house today, don't hesitate to stop by our guest service desk that's out in the foyer because we have a special guest for you, our gift for you, if you are a first-time guest. So make sure you stop by there. But it's our pleasure to have you join us for Easter. Do you remember last year at this time? Last year at this time, we were out there. It was a little bit chillier. Danny was telling us it wasn't raining, even though you could feel sprinkles every once in a while. But we got to, had a great, great Easter service out. But the Lord has blessed us and taken care of us this year. And I think he deserves a round of applause for the fact that we get to be in the house today. And we were longing for this day last year. And today, as we come in here, we serve a risen Savior. And we get to celebrate all the victories that have been won in this year. And I know that you're just so glad as part of family and friends that are getting together today. Don't forget, just take a moment and just give God thanks for all the great gifts that he gives us and how he watches over for us. One of the things I wanted to remind you about this time of year is this, that we usually um, emphasize what we call the Annie Armstrong offering. And the Annie Armstrong offering to a lot of people doesn't mean anything. They don't know who Annie Armstrong was, but she was a missionary. And the Southern Baptist Convention adopted her as our representative many, 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 I'm trying to think of how old I am, many, 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 many years ago. And what we do is the offering emphasized us taking care of our missionaries in North America. And this could be Canada, the United States, any part of the North American continent. And we have missionaries today, and we celebrate the fact that they're out on the mission field giving of their time and their lives surrendering the service, and they're spreading the gospel just like we're doing here in Burlington. So that offering goes to help us support them, but not only them, because we have missionaries within our own church. Whether you're part of World Changers, if you're, charge of, if you're part of huge missions, if you've been a part of any kind of the disaster relief program, a lot of that money is based on the Annie Armstrong missionary offering, and that's why it's so important. So I just ask that you, especially in this time of year, that you pray about the fact that give. I know that we usually have a goal, our goal this year being $6,000. We crushed it last year. 
And it's not about the money. It's about us just giving back to God what he's given so much to us. And uh, just be prayerful about that during this time and make sure that you're supporting the missions that um, God has started in many great ways. So as we get ready for worship today, I know that we're already pumped up, but I'm going to ask that you join with me for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the sunshine and the beauty of the world outside and how it all reminds us of a new beginning today, a fresh start after ending winter. And as we look around the world today, Father, we know that there's many troubling things, and we lay those at your feet because we know, Father, that you're the only one that can lay out a perfect plan. And that's the reason why we're in your house today. Because all those years ago, you laid out a perfect plan for your son, Jesus Christ, to suffer and die so we might find grace and find salvation. So we can find forgiveness from our sins, which bridges that gap between us and you. And today in this time, as we gather in this place, let us not lose sight of the fact that you walk beside us and lead us each day. So we humbly come to you today, Father, saying thank you. We ask that you take the songs that we sing. We ask that you take the message that Harold's going to share in just a little bit. And let that change us in a mighty way. Let us celebrate the victory over the grave from your son Jesus Christ. But let us also become a person on mission to share your love each day with those that don't know your son. Father, we're so thankful for the place that we have today to come and worship you. We pray for those who aren't able to be in the house today. Let them know that they're loved and we care for them and we don't forget them. And Father, through all the changes this year, thank you, thank you, thank you for being our guide and watching us through this pandemic. God, just love us like only you can. Hear our praise and our offering back to you today. And we pray all these things in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our risen Savior. We celebrate that today. Amen. Well, if I'd known that you guys were going to move around like that when the kids got up here, I'll just have them up here every week, Mary Beth. <laughs> so, but uh, they're going to help us sing uh, these next two songs. And this one, isn't it awesome to think that from Friday to Sunday, Jesus rose out of that tomb and our sins are gone. So we're going to sing about that this morning. Stand up with us.
Amen. Amen. So uh, you, guys can, you guys can have a seat. The kids are going to stay up here with us and uh, sing this song. And uh, this is a song, I've said it all the services today, but I, I asked the praise team, I said, what song do you guys want to sing? Uh, for any songs you request you have for Easter. And Lindsay immediately said, King of Kings. And Courtney has to sing it. So they like to assign each other. Very particular. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's a wonderful song, and it just talks about um, all the, the, the kind of the movement between uh, Good Friday and Sunday and, and just what it means to us. So um, she's going to sing it, and the kids are going to help. And you guys, if you know the words, sing with us. To fulfill the law and prophets, to 
about you. I want to give those kids one more hand before they leave. Amen. It's so good to see you this morning. And we're going to turn our eyes upon Jesus. We've been doing that this whole year. We've seen different pictures, perspectives of Jesus. This morning we're going to see him as the risen Lord. But we've seen him as gentle and lowly. Uh, we've seen him as the beloved Son of God. We've seen him as the greatest prophet, our great high priest. Last week, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Friday night, we saw him as Savior. And this morning, Jesus, our risen Lord. And let me just say what a privilege it is to be able to preach on Resurrection Sunday. And I'm so glad that you're here. There's no day like this on the Christian calendar. Uh, I mean, we celebrate the resurrection. We thank all of humanity, all to celebrate the cross and the resurrection. And uh, so I'm glad you're here. And uh, I'm just, uh, I've been praying that God would grip some of you this morning to know and love and follow and serve and worship Jesus. And, uh, and so I'm going to start in Luke uh, 24, actually 23, at the end of 23 and 24. And uh, we're just going to see how Jesus is our risen Lord. And uh, I invite you to stand, and, and we'll honor God's Word together. We've had a good day this morning. It's so awesome to just praise the Lord. I, I wouldn't care if we started today and went till 8 tonight doing this. Uh, so I was going to start in 24, but I wanted to tell you that we know Jesus died, and this guy named Joseph of Arimathea, he was a wealthy guy. He was kind of a secret follower of Jesus. And he goes to Pilate and asks for the body of Jesus. We pick up in chapter 23, verse 52. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid him in the tomb, cut in stone, where no one had ever yet been laid. It was the day of preparation. That's, that's the day before the Sabbath. And the Sabbath was beginning. The women who came, who had come with him from Galilee, followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. And then chapter 24, but on the first day of the week, this is the Lord's day. This is the day of the resurrection, and we still celebrate the first day of the week. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest." That was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them as idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you that that tomb was empty. And that empty tomb makes all the difference to us today. We gather to celebrate our risen Lord, and I pray this morning, in these few minutes, that you might change someone's life, life, that they might become a follower of Jesus, and have their eternal destiny changed, and we'll give you all the praise. I pray you'll give us ears to hear your word this morning, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. So I was going to start in, uh, I was going to start on Sunday on the 24th, uh, the chapter 24, and uh, I got to thinking about the, the story of Joseph of Arimathea going to Pilate to get the body. And uh, I really hadn't paid this much attention to a couple of these verses, but uh, verse 55 says that uh, the women who had come with him from, with, from Galilee, and, and they were there at the cross, they followed, they saw the tomb and how his body was laid, and they returned and prepared spices and ointments. And uh, have, have you ever done something, and you saw how it was done, and you didn't say anything at the time, but you went back later and kind of did it the right way? Any ladies ever done that? You were thankful that whoever did it did it, but it wasn't the way that you thought it should be done. Well, it kind of sounds like the ladies saw the way that Jesus was prepared and decided, let's do it the right way. 
And uh, so uh, Joseph and Nicodemus helped him. And uh, you can read about them in John uh, chapter 19. But in verses 38 through 40, it says that uh, they got 75 pounds of myrrh and aloes. Now, that, that sounds like a lot. I, I mean, 75 pounds, that's, that's a lot. And uh, it, it sounds like these men had good intentions. And uh, I think maybe they went for, for quantity over quality. They prepared the body. Uh, but the ladies were going to make sure that it was prepared right. And uh, so they go and get their, their spices and ointments. They rested on the Sabbath, and they waited for Sunday to come. And so then we pick up in chapter 24, early Sunday morning, the first day of the week, and uh, they were headed to that tomb with those spices. Uh, verse 2 says, they found the stone rolled away, uh, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And so they were expecting to find the body. When they get there, the, the stone is removed, rolled away, there's no body. Verse 4, while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. So we know those two men are angels. Uh, we've seen angels before. And you know there were some angels came the night Jesus was born, and they announced his birth. And we're not sure if these are the same two. They, it was a bit of privilege to go and say the tomb is empty. But anyway, there's two angels there, and uh, they say, at, uh, verse 5, as they were frightened, the women, and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. He has risen. And so we see this amazing announcement that Jesus is risen from the dead. And so I want us to, to consider this morning the responses uh, to our risen Lord. The responses. The first response we see is the response of the women to the resurrection. Now, the women are named in verse 10, a few of them. Uh, Mary Magdalene, we know her, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women. And so there's at least five of them. And we know they've been there at the cross. And, uh, and so they're coming on this Sunday morning to prepare this body. Now, why did they get there so early? Well, they were taking these spices that they had prepared. It says in verse 1. And, and the fact that Luke, who is the author, the fact that he mentions that it's early in the morning, I, I think is just an indication of the, the love and the affection that these ladies had for our Lord. I've told them that I've heard different messages about how Jesus first appeared to the women. And uh, that is definitely true. And uh, there's a reason. There's, one of the reasons for that is, are y'all ready for this? They got there first. They were the first ones to the tomb. And, and again, that was an overflow of their love for Jesus. Uh, but just think about that. You know, sometimes uh, you ever feel like God is distant? Anybody ever feel that way? And I do sometimes. And uh, here's the deal. Sometimes we don't seek him like we should. Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 29, 13, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you seek me with all your heart. When we seek and search for God, he says, I, you'll find me. And here we come these ladies early in the morning, and, and, I, and they, they've got these spices, and they want to uh, make sure that Jesus is, is properly prepared and uh, Listen, you're not going to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ if you only come and, and worship a couple times a year. You're not going to have that kind of relationship if it's just a one time a, a week. We, we want to daily seek the Lord. And so they got up early to take these spices to prepare his body. Listen, let me ask you this. Have you, you ever get up early to spend time with Jesus? Anybody? Is it a good time? Is it worth it? Well, y'all ought to try it. Yeah. Anybody ever stay up late to spend time with Jesus? Listen, if we seek Him, we'll find Him when we search for Him with all of our heart. And so I'm going to ask you today, how much do you love Jesus? And, and would He know it by your actions? Well, he knew these ladies loved Him. And uh, what we find in this passage about the women's response is first they were prepared. Uh, back to verse 56, they prepared these ointments. Uh, before the Sabbath. So Sabbath started at 6 o'clock, and they would have prepared the body uh, as soon as they took it down, but Sabbath was starting at 6, and there wasn't time to get the spices and prepare the body. And so they, they rested on the Sabbath, and then Sunday morning they go to the tomb, but they're prepared, and they, they take the spices, verse 1, that they had prepared, and, 
you think about this. They were prepared to offer to Jesus, even though they thought he was dead. You think about that? They're going to go do this, and uh, they wanted to give him the best to honor him. And uh, there, there might be some implications for us today. Uh, sometimes we are so flippant with our relationship with Jesus, and uh, we, we don't give him our best. Uh, sometimes we, even on Sundays, we come late, we, we're tired, we, we don't come expecting God to do anything, and, and sometimes we leave receiving what we came expecting, and it's not much. Uh, but these ladies, they were prepared, and, and they, I, I would encourage you, when you come to church on Sundays, I, I'd, I'd encourage you to go to bed at, early on Saturday night and come prayed up and ask God to speak to your heart. He'll, he'll do that. Secondly, they were perplexed. You, you see that in verse 4? While they were perplexed about all this, they, they were perplexed that the stone had been rolled away. Matter of fact, Mark reports that on the way they, they asked each other, well, who's going to roll the stone away for us? And then they, and I, and I told them, you know, it's not as, it, we know what happened. We all do. We know that he's risen, but they, they don't get there and see the stone rolled away and look inside and there's no Jesus and say, oh, I forgot it's Easter. <laughs> Never crossed their mind. They, they were expecting the body to be there. And, uh, and so the, the angels say he's not here, but he's risen. And, and that makes, that turned their, their, their grief into, into a happy occasion. And, uh, now, Jesus had told them that he was going to be crucified, and on the third day he would rise again, but they didn't get it. The disciples, they didn't get it. And so finally in verse 8, they remembered his words. And so they're, they're perceptive now. You say, what did they remember? Well, verse 7, this is what Jesus had told them. The Son of Man, that, that's Jesus, must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And so they began to remember and say, oh, yeah, uh, he did say that. And uh, it, it happened just exactly the way he said it. And then verse 9, in returning from the tomb, they, they told all these things to the 11. There used to be 12, and now Judas is gone, uh, and the rest. There were other followers there. And, and so the women uh, come to the tomb. They find it empty. They're amazed at what they didn't find, uh, they realized that Jesus had been raised from the dead, and immediately they uh, say, keep it a secret. Did they do that? No. They went and ran and tell the, the apostles and the others, and church, that, that's the way we ought to respond to the resurrection. When we think about what Jesus has done, we ought to run and go tell everybody. If you've got a neighbor, you want your neighbor to know. You want people to know what, that Jesus came and died on the cross and rose from the, uh, the dead to, to save us. Someone has said that God bankrupted heaven to save us from our sins. You ever think about that? God gave the very best thing in heaven, His Son, to save us from our sins. And, and so Jesus suffered. We, we remembered that this week. Many of you have seen the passion of the Christ. You, you, you've seen what it looks like to be scourged. And these Roman soldiers, they'd take this thing called cat of nine tails, and it would have bone and glass in it, and they would hurl it around your body, and it would rip your flesh, and eventually it would expose your organs. And Jesus endured that. They hit him in the face. They sped upon him. They mocked him. They drove these thorns into his head. Then they nailed him to a, to a cross. And he did all that on our behalf. But that was Friday, and, and Sunday came, and Jesus rose from the tomb. And let me just ask you, how many people have you shared that good news with? That Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. If you're one of his followers, that, that ought to be a priority for your life, is to go share that good news. That God loved us, that he died for us. He died to accomplish our salvation on the cross. He arose, and he offers salvation to those who believe. So that was the women's response. How about the, the apostles' response to the resurrection? Uh, verse 11 says that these words, when the women came and said, the tomb is empty and Jesus is risen, it says these words seemed to them a, an idle tale, and they did not believe them. And so I've decided to be kind to the apostles this year. I'm just going to say they were apprehensive. 
apprehensive. And, and we can understand, uh, they had put all their hope in Jesus to be the Messiah. And, uh, and he's been crucified. They think he's lying in a tomb. Uh, their world has been turned upside down. And, and so, you know, sometimes when we share the gospel, uh, people are apprehensive. Sometimes people hear the gospel that, that what God did, what Jesus did on the cross, and it's just too good to, it just sounds too good. And they think there's a catch to it. And they think, well, what do I got to do? What, what, what do I got to add to what Jesus did? Or what do I got to give? Or where's the punchline? And listen, to, to follow Jesus is just we receive salvation as a gift. And we receive it. Now, I, I always try to be clear. When we follow Jesus, it, it might cost our life. Maybe not in America. Maybe there's not much threat to us. But in some places in the world, if you follow Jesus, you, you could... Lose your life. But, but the gift of salvation is, is a gift that we just receive by faith. And so just as they were apprehensive, uh, secondly, they were anxious. Uh, they were so anxious. It's Peter, Peter's kind of the leader of this group. And it says, but Peter rose and ran to the tomb. And uh, John tells us in John 24 that he also ran. And matter of fact, he outran Peter. And uh, he got there first, and it says they, they stooped down, and, and uh, they, I mean, they, they're running to see, could this be true, what these women are telling us, and could Jesus be alive? And so they get there, and sure enough, they stoop, and they look in, and they saw the linen cloths by themselves, and, and so we know, if somebody had stolen the clothes, they would have kept the, they would have kept the linens on it, wouldn't they? But, the, but these linens are folded, and it, it, it just indicates that Jesus had indeed arose. And then their apprehension soon turned into amazement. They were amazed. And it says, and he went home marveling and wonder at what had happened. The resurrection of Jesus changed everything. It changed the lives of the apostles, and they would never, never, never be the same. And uh, let me ask you, has the resurrection changed your life? It should. So we see the responses of the women, the responses of the uh, apostles. Let's quickly consider our response to the resurrection. Uh, you know, some people deny the resurrection. Uh, I hope you don't. You probably wouldn't come this morning if you wanted to deny the resurrection. But, but some people try to explain away the resurrection. Some people say, well, it wasn't a, a, a bodily resurrection. And, and, and for 2,000 years, people have tried unsuccessfully to prove that there was no resurrection. And they've come up with all kinds of theories. And uh, I, I'm going to mention just a couple. The swoon theory is that uh, Jesus didn't actually die. He was just in a deep coma called a swoon, and when they put him in the cool grave and they put the spices around him that he was revived and he unwrapped himself and escaped from the tomb. Y'all don't believe that, but just in case you're thinking about it, listen, the Roman soldiers were experts in, in killing people. They were so sure that Jesus was dead that they didn't even break their legs like they did the other two guys. They just stuck a spear and out come blood and water. And so they were certain that Jesus was dead. And so I've been telling this other one. I, I heard this one this year. This is first time for me. But uh, this lady named uh, Barbara Thyring, uh, she suggested this. Not only did Jesus not die, but the other two men on the cross, they didn't die either. And one of them was called Simon Magus. He was actually a doctor. And despite the fact that he and his buddy had their legs broken, somehow he managed to have some medicine with him, and he offered some to Jesus, and Jesus was able to uh, get enough of the medicine, get reoriented, and uh, make his escape. Now, y'all go ahead and laugh, because it's funny. It, I mean, uh, I've told the people, if you're listening on home, be careful with your coffee, because that one will make you spill it, that the other guys weren't even dead, and, and so... One more, let me give you one more. The hallucination theory says that everyone who claimed to see the risen Lord, and there were over 500 of them, the hallucination theory said that they all had a, an, an hallucination based on their expectations. Well, church, they didn't, the, the ladies, they weren't expecting the tomb to be empty. Peter and the disciples, they weren't expecting the tomb to be empty. They, they had no expectations about Jesus being risen. And so the thought of 500 witnesses having the same exact hallucination is, is ridiculous. 
And there are many other ridiculous theories. Many still deny the resurrection. But secondly, some delight in the resurrection. And I, I think that's the company that we're in. And I, I stand before you this morning as someone who gets a little excited about the empty tomb. And I, church, listen, I'm so excited and so delighted that Jesus' tomb is empty that I, I want to give the rest of my life to telling people about this empty tomb. And he just might invite you to give your life to telling people about this empty tomb this morning. When we go out and proclaim the gospel, we announce that Jesus was victorious over sin and death and the grave. Now, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul, uh, he says that if Christ is not risen, not only is your faith futile, you are still in your sins. If Christ didn't rise from the grave, then sin and death was victorious over him. And if that's the case, we're still lost in our sins, and we're still going to have to answer for them. And I, I don't like that, do you? I don't want to live under the wrath of God for my sins. If Christ is not risen, then we're crazy for coming to the church and getting all dressed up and spending some extra money on, on some clothes and, and for having three. Listen, we're crazy if that's the case. If there is no resurrection, we will live and die in our sins, and we're in lots of trouble. But we keep reading in 1 Corinthians 15, and Paul says in verse 20, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. And you all say... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Honk your horns if you're in your car. Bam, 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 bam. Hey, Christ has been risen from the dead. And, and uh, the best news that we can proclaim on Easter morning is that Christ has been raised from the dead. We serve a risen Savior. And we can look at all the other religions, Judaism and Buddhism and Islam. And, and listen, their founders are still in the graves. But Jesus, his tomb is empty. And I just think we ought to go shout it from the rooftop that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen? Amen? Yes, He's risen. And so we come on Easter Sunday morning and we celebrate. And listen, we're going to celebrate it every day. Well, those are the responses to the resurrection. And, and before you, you go home this morning, let me just quickly share the ramifications of the resurrection. What, what does all this mean to us? Well, if we told the truth, we could spend the rest of the day talking about that, but I won't do that to you. I know some of you want to have Easter lunch. Uh, let me just kind of scratch the surface and give you four ramifications of the resurrection. The first one is that Jesus' resurrection proves the truths of Scripture. There are all kinds of prophecies given hundreds of years before Jesus even came about the Messiah, about his life, his death, his resurrection. There's hundreds of them. One of them in particular, uh, Psalm 16 verse 10 says, You will not abandon my soul to Sheol. Sheol is the place of the dead. And so we could say, He's not going to abandon my soul to the grave or let your Holy One see corruption. Well, listen, Jesus didn't stay in the grave, and his body did not see corruption. And so he, his resurrection proves the truths of Scripture. Secondly, his resurrection proclaims that Jesus is God's Son. Jesus is God's Son. And so uh, several times in the Gospels, Jesus told, especially his disciples, but others as well, that he was going to die and be buried and be raised again. Uh, the third time is recorded in Mark chapter 10, verse 34. And they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise again. Well, that's exactly what happened, isn't it? John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18 says, For this reason the Father loves me. And Jesus is speaking here. Because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. Now we think, well, no, Pilate did, or the Romans did, or the Jews. No, no one takes it from me. I lay it down on my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Church, listen, only the divine Son of God could make this claim, that he could lay down his life and raise it back up. Now, people will say sometimes, well, I can believe in Jesus. I, I believe he was a good man, but I just don't buy that thing that he was God. Could a mere man lay down his life and raise himself back to life? Shake your head like this. No. Jesus was the divine Son of God. 
Thirdly, the resurrection provides eternal life. The fact of the resurrection proves that God the Father has accepted Jesus' death for our sins. Jesus paid the punishment. Colossians 1.20 says, And through him, through Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Listen, we were enemies with God, and through Jesus' sacrifice and his resurrection, he brought peace by the blood of the cross. He, he brings reconciliation between the holy God and us as sinners. And so the good news for you this morning is, is Hebrews 7.25. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him because he ever lives to make intercession. What that's saying is that God is able to save to the uttermost. That means everywhere. Now, I talk to people sometimes and they say, Preacher, you don't know what I did, what I've done. You don't know. Listen, it don't matter. You're not a big enough sinner that he can't save you. Amen. Now, I'm not trying to tell you to try it out. I'm just telling you, he's able to save to the uttermost. His blood is greater than your sin. John 11, 25 and 26, Jesus said to Martha, this is after Lazarus had died, he said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he may die, yet he shall live. And who, everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And he asked Martha this question, do you believe me? Do you believe this? I want to ask you this morning, do you believe today that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that Jesus is the provider of everlasting life? And then finally, Jesus' resurrection promises a future judgment. We've got to talk about this quickly before we end. Uh, Apostle Paul, he got saved on the road to Damascus. His life was changed. He encountered Jesus. He went everywhere he could to tell him the good news. And uh, in Acts chapter 17, he ends up in a place called Athens, and there's a bunch of smart people there called philosophers, and he is reasoning with them, and he says this in Acts 17.31, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man. That man is Jesus whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. In other words, God is going to have a day of judgment, and the judge is going to be his son Jesus, and he has given us assurance by raising Jesus from the dead. And so this morning we want you to be filled with joy and hope at the resurrection. I want you to experience all the excitement of the resurrection this is the greatest news ever told. And yet at the same time, as an ambassador for, for Christ, I, I'm obligated to warn you about the future. Just as Christ died, was buried, was raised from the dead, just as Christ ascended back to heaven, listen, church, he is coming back. And we talked about this last week. He is coming back as the righteous judge of the world, the king of all kings. And listen, his future judgment is just as certain as his past resurrection. If I were to ask you, do you believe in the past resurrection? Almost all of you, raise your hand. Yes. Listen, his future judgment is just as certain because we learn about it in the same Bible. And so let me ask you before we close, if you were to die today, do you know for certain that you're going to heaven? Do you know for certain? And I want you to know God has provided a way through Jesus. And you can come to him turning from your sins and believing upon Jesus. But the only way, listen, the only way to go to heaven is through Jesus Christ. And so, listen, Jesus was God. Jesus came to earth as a man, Jesus Christ. He lived a sinless life. Because he lived a sinless life, he was able to go to the cross and take my sin and your sin to die in our place as our substitute. They buried him. He rose again, and he offers to save anyone who will call upon his name in faith. That's the gospel. And I want to ask you this morning, what is your response to the resurrection? What's your response? And I know I, 
I've been doing this for a while. Some people say, well, preacher, I just need a little bit more proof. You know, Thomas was one of the disciples, and we call him Doubting Thomas because he wasn't there the day Jesus appeared. And, and he said, listen, unless I see the scars and put my finger in the scars and put my, my, my hand in the, in the side, I, I'm not going to believe. i, I got to see proof. Listen, church, one day all of us are going to see the scars when Jesus comes back. But it's going to be eternally too late. And Jesus said to, to Thomas, you, you believe because you've seen. But blessed are those who have never seen and yet have believed. Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And so, I've not seen Jesus but with everything within me, I believe that he went to the cross, died in my place, rose from the grave, and when I cried out to him in faith, he saved me. Listen, when the disciples saw the resurrected Lord, it changed their lives. And they were filled with boldness and courage. I mean, they had been locked in the, in the room. They were scared to death. But when they saw the resurrected Lord, everything changed. And, and from then on, they would go out and they would preach the gospel with boldness. And, and they would give their lives. Almost all of them gave their life. They died as a martyr. Listen, church, they wouldn't have done that for a lie. That would be foolish. You wouldn't give your life if you knew something was a lie, would you? And some of them, John and Matt, they, they wrote scriptures. They, they wouldn't take the time to do that if all this was a lie. No, the resurrection is real and true, and Jesus is the resurrection and life. And listen, He invites you to respond to the free offer of salvation, and you can receive that through faith in Jesus alone, and your life will be forever changed. And so what you decide to do with the resurrection will have eternal ramifications. Would you like to follow Jesus today? He invites you to turn from your sins and believe upon His Son, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank You today for Your Word and for this day called Easter, Resurrection Sunday. Lord, thank You for that empty tomb. And thank You for those ladies that went there and the angels that proclaimed it and the, the apostles who ran to see and for all the witnesses. Thank You that... All these years later, we can stand and preach the resurrection, and we can extend an offer for people to turn from their sins and believe upon Jesus and be saved. And Lord, I pray this morning that some would respond in faith to the empty tomb, that they would turn from their sins and believe upon Jesus and be saved. And we'll give you all the praise for that. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me? And uh, We want to give you an opportunity to, to respond and, and to be saved. And uh, we have the Lord's Supper in the corners if you'd like to come and remember the Lord's sacrifice. Let me read this and then we'll sing to the Lord. Acts 17 verse 2 says, Paul went in as was his custom. On three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the Scriptures. And so he went there and he, he taught the Scriptures explaining and proving that it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead and saying, this Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. And verse 4 says, some of them were persuaded. Listen this morning, if, if the preaching of the Word and the Holy Spirit has persuaded you that Jesus is alive, raised from the grave, I want to invite you to be a follower of His. I'd love to talk to you about what it means to follow Jesus. And we would celebrate with you this morning. So you respond this morning. You respond in faith to the story of the resurrection.
for leading us this morning. Won't you all be seated for just a minute and I'll share a couple good things with you and then I'll let you go. Uh, Madeline, you come down, would you? This is Madeline Myler. Myler, Myler, that's right. I call her Maddie. I think she goes by Maddie. But uh, anyway, her mom, Samantha, uh, trusted the Lord a few weeks ago and she's a sister to Sarah and Amy's daughter and uh, they're friends of uh, Sophia and... uh, this is too much today. Arabella. 
Arabella, yes. And, uh, and so one of them invited Sarah, and Sarah invited her mom, and they invited Samantha, and uh, that, that's the way the gospel goes out. We invite people and hear the good news, but anyway. Uh, so I got to talk to Maddie and, and her mom a little bit Wednesday night, and uh, Maddie comes today, and she just said, I want to uh, believe in Jesus and be baptized, and uh, we celebrate that, don't we? Yeah. Yes. And uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll be talking to her more. She, uh, man, she has childlike faith, and uh, we want to celebrate that. And uh, we'll talk to her more about baptism and uh, thankful that uh, she's been coming to our, our student ministry on Wednesday nights. And, and uh, Jeff and Jonathan and them are pouring into her. And so it's so exciting. And, uh, and so we'll be talking about baptism and getting that set up. You all pray for Maddie. And uh, we, we are thankful for that today. So thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you some more. And we do have a Bible for Sophia and Arabella. I knew that. I, I knew at that time. Come on down here, girls. Would you all come down? And uh, We have a certificate. One of them might have had on jeans. But we have a certificate and a, a student study Bible, and we're so excited for you. Let me see if I get the right one here. Arabella, this one's for you. Thank you. God bless you. Sophia, God bless you. All right. All right. Thank you all so much. Uh, uh, so next week, we'll be back at 830 and 1045. Uh, we'd love to invite you. We have a seat for you, and uh, it's our blessing today that you would join us. And uh, thank you, children, for singing. Thank you, praise team. And uh, our, our deacons are dismissed from back to front. And Danny, I'll let you close for us. You did real good with those names. It's been a long day. We've been here a long time, so <laughs> you're doing real good. But uh, just like always, the Dollar Club, the clear boxes on the way out of the sanctuary. The, the deacons will come and excuse you. There's uh, offering boxes. They're the dark ones, and they actually say offering on them, so you can't miss them. But uh, it was great to see you guys. Happy Easter. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to uh, just come into your house on Easter and, and just to see baptism, to see people give their lives to Christ, Lord. It's just awesome. It's just an awesome day. And uh, we thank you so much for the way that you're blessing our church Lord, help us to just be responsible with all this growth. Lord, we just thank you so much for it. And uh, we want to honor you in everything that we do. Lord, just continue to bless us. Be with us this week as we got sunshine and some better weather. And help us just go find somebody to tell about Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.